Would you rather have BO and not know it or always smell BO in everyone else? Body odor, that is. Yeah, I would rather, gosh, the two in me, I can't. Hello, welcome to the Art of Spousing podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. We know your time is valuable, so we appreciate you investing some of it with us. It is hard to believe that this is the final episode of season two, and it's our 25th episode. That is amazing. It's incredible to think that we've already done 25 episodes, and it's been a fun ride, and we're super pumped about what will be happening in season three. We'll be taking a short break over the holidays and working on the new season, and we're excited about the guests that will be on the next season, including some of our good friends, Jimmy and Irene Rollins, Beth and Jeff McCord. Yes, they're awesome. Ted Lowe, Greg and Julie Gorman, who have been with us before, just to name a few. We're also going to continue bringing you great content that will encourage and strengthen your marriage. So if you have any input on topics you'd like to hear from us in season three, please let us know. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or email us with your thoughts. Okay, so as we're wrapping up another year, 2022 is coming to end. As you're making plans for 2023, think about intentionally investing in your marriage. A powerful way to do that is by working with us through a marriage reboot. If you're looking for that one thing that could be the game changer for your relationship, then the Marriage Reboot Retreat is just for you. If you want a greater connection with your spouse, if you are tired of feeling stuck in the same old, same old, if you desire to feel the thrill of fun and discovery again, like you did when you first met, we can help. We support couples to reconnect, recharge, and re-engage to pursue their life purpose together. The Marriage Reboot Retreat by Married for a Purpose is a private, intensive experience for you and your spouse working exclusively with Lisa and I for two consecutive full days. At the end of the two days, you'll walk away with a unified purpose for your marriage and a holistic vision for your marriage and family supported with a real action plan. If you would like to find out more information about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, you can set up a discovery call with James and I and we will tell you more about it. The link is in the show notes or you can direct message us on Instagram at Art Espousing and we will send you a link to schedule a discovery call. So we thought we'd take some time on today's podcast to answer some common questions that we've been asked together or separately about our marriage and marriage in general. So these are three questions that we get often. And just for fun, at the end, why don't we play a quick game of Would You Rather? I love that game. The first question is, what has been the most important factor in us maintaining a strong, healthy marriage? You know, in Sunday school, when they would say, what's the answer to that? And you would always say, Jesus. And it always is the right answer. Yeah. It actually works in this situation too. I know this seems a little bit cheesy, but the truth is it actually has been the foundational thing to a strong, healthy marriage for us. So listeners may not know our full story, but the long short of it is, as I had to really work on trust issues, there are significant reasons in my upbringing that trust would be an issue. Unfaithfulness in my parents' relationship impacted my family's life, but specifically, it had a tremendous impact on my life and how I viewed girl and guy relationships and dating relationships and then in marriage. So I'll often say in jest, but you know, James, I'm pretty amazing. So why in the world, (laughs) why in the world would you ever have a wondering eye? And how, and, and really honestly, how could I trust a man in such an intimate relationship? 
but God. That's right. That's right. Because for 30 years, I have known you truly have desired a relationship with me that has been honoring and faithful, all those things. And you actually have put your actions where your words are in that desire. But ultimately, even if we're having bad days, if we're frustrated with one another, or we're in a tough season, I know your commitment to God is stronger than your commitment to me. And because you are so steady and faithful in that, it has established trust for yeah, me in our good. relationship. Because I know your commitment to me goes beyond me because you have a personal growing relationship with Jesus. And we know the best instructions come from the creator of our product. And in this case, God is our creator and he has his word that shapes our commitment and serves as an instruction guide on how to. And so I know one of the things he asks of us both is that we're faithful to one another. And so I can establish trust in that because you're committed to that commitment you've made with him. Yeah. I think I would just add to that, that we've been very intentional in our intimacy. Yes. Specifically in three areas. And we talk about five different areas, but I think three areas specifically, and you mentioned spiritually Mm -hmm. that we've always put God first in our marriage and, you know, Jesus has been at the center. We don't complete each other, but we're completed in Christ. And as we're being completed, we've been able to strengthen each other in our marriage, having godly people around us and helping us grow in our spiritual intimacy. I think emotional intimacy has been very key for us, you know, and as we've talked before, emotional intimacy is the glue that holds us together. And that hasn't always been easy in the sense that I've had to really grow in my empathy and being emotionally connected to you because that's not natural to me, but we have been intentional about growing in that area. As you've grown in that area, I've had to grow in using less words, sharing less emotion, reducing and getting a hold of actually how I feel instead of all the feels. So yeah. But I think we've built that trust that there's a safe place with each other because we've been intentional about that emotional intimacy piece. And then the third place is sexual intimacy. We've never used sex as a leverage or a tool against each other. It's always been for mutual pleasure and satisfaction and to grow together in that important piece. And one of the things that has helped us stay strong is that we prioritize that. Even in times when maybe we didn't feel like having sex, we made attempts towards each other. We turned towards each other. And because of that, we've always had a healthy sexual life and that has helped us stay strong with each other. And so I I would say those three areas, and like you said, you mentioned the spiritual piece, but Mm -hmm. I would say the emotional and then the, the sexual intimacy piece, because the reality is that neither of us are very physically wired. We, we don't I would say physical our love language, not, yeah, our physical touch is like, would be number 10. If we could move it to 10, we'd yeah. probably move food to five. Our right. love language would be Right. Food. So you can grow in intimacy. You have to work on those things. Even this morning, as we were getting around, I was like, I don't know that we kissed each other enough yesterday. Or I sometimes go, I don't know that I've touched you enough today. And just a simple touch on the back or whatever is like that physical intimacy too. But we, intimacy doesn't just happen. No. It has has to be intentional. And so that's been very key for our 30 years of marriage to consistently, regularly, daily invest in our intimacy. Yeah. You know what? I just remembered a comment that a wise friend just told me today. They said when their counselor told them, so this is counselor advice, probably 
$100 an hour at least, and it's going to be free to everyone listening right now. What the steal. That's right. Is that when you are implementing something new, like even for us, physical touch isn't natural to us. When we establish that, it can feel a little clunky, but it will become easy as we continue to do that. And so even things that feel a little bit awkward, affirming one another, physical intimacy, establishing emotional intimacy, it may feel a little forced. It's okay. It may feel forced, but it'll it will soon become natural. So yeah, there's a natural resistance to anything that's new. If you go to the gym, start running or start exercising, there's going to be a natural resistance to do it because it doesn't feel comfortable. It feels like you're doing it wrong. You don't know maybe all the techniques or whatever. So anything like that in physical touch or whatever is going to open yourself up emotionally is going to maybe feel awkward to some people. It's that natural resistance. That's right. And you know, we have been open and honest about as both of us being pastors, you would think that praying together would not be an awkward moment. Right. Somehow the enemy has caused prayer time for you and I to be this awkward, clunky. It's not busy. No. It just makes it awkward. So, And we always have to be intentional to lean into that awkwardness. That's right. And we do it because we know it's important. Okay. The second question, if you were to go back and do your first five years of marriage over again, what would you do differently? Mm. So I had um, two things. First of all, which you're going to love this, James, is more adventure. Come on, somebody. I just feel like when we were in our first five years, our vacations were spent going to see family, which we really couldn't afford much. But we know friends here in our friend base now who talk about when they were young and married that they actually made way, like they may have gone backpacking in Europe and stayed at hostels or something. They figured out a way to have fun with the finances that they had. And we just didn't really stretch in our thinking in that way. So I wish we would have had a little bit more adventure, even if it would have been camping or exploring Kansas when we lived there of just going, let's, let's explore the world. So that's one thing that I would want to do different in the first five years. The second is, and I would say I'm only now learning this in the last five or six years is enjoy the season you're in. Hmm. I think we as forward thinking people, we're always growing, we're setting goals. We have these things out in front of us that we're striving towards. So it's great that we're future minded because we want to grow. We're growth minded people, but we miss out on the here and now. One thing that I think that would have grounded us is to document those moments of journaling pictures. And now in this modern age, people can actually just put it all on Instagram and then send it to a place and they'll make you a book. I know. Documented. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think I would have wanted to travel more than what we did. I think back in the day, 30 years ago, our travel was mostly to go visit family, which we love family. But part of that was because times were different then. You didn't have vloggers that were talking about their vacation rentals and you didn't have Instagram with beautiful destinations or things. And, they, and it, even now it makes it affordable. You're going, you can go here for only da 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 The probably- world was so much larger 30 years ago. It's so small mm-hmm. now with media and travels a lot easier now. I mean, all we had was really, uh, we didn't have social media. All we had was AAA maps. I was navigate. so good at maps. I could unfold them and I was the navigator in the passenger side. Yeah. The other thing I think I would add, Lisa, is that we'd be more intentional with creating healthy habits that really we didn't create maybe till later in our marriage, you know, habits around relationship 
habits around maybe finances, some of those disciplines early on that like praying together that had, like you said, were a struggle for us, that we would really root those things in. And I think those early days, you are so in love and everything's on new. Love. Everything's new. Everything's exciting. But I think if we were to go back and do the first five years, knowing what we know now, there's probably some things that we had to work through year seven, eight, nine, ten that I wish we would have established in those first five years. Yeah. A lot of young couples that we've been spending some time with lately have been working on some of those things a lot earlier. And so I love that about this generation. They're really getting after it. Okay. Next question. If there was one general theme that you hear from men, from you, James, me, women, talking about their marriages, that if a husband or wife addressed would make a huge difference in most marriages, what would that be? Hmm. And so I would say emotional connectedness would be the theme. Now, when I say when women are talking together, I just want to make mention when I'm with women and we're talking about our marriages and our husbands, it is always in a spirit of how do we get better? What can I learn? What could we do different? Or it's definitely purpose focused, not problem focused or bashing. So Mm -hmm. with that said, I can't speak for all women, but again, this is the theme. When we grow in emotional connectedness, it says to us, we're known, we're understood, and there's value placed on my life because you're present and you're listening and engaged. And it actually ultimately adds value to the spouse and the marriage. I love that when we give that intention and that focus, it allows that to happen. But what I thought I would mention here is instead of just going down a big rabbit trail, some solutions around that, like what is emotional connectedness and what is not. Hmm. So it'd be a little bit helpful. So this, of course, is according to Lisa, my personal opinion and my theme of conversations with women over the years that I processed with. So what it is not, number one, is a time that we dump all our emotional garbage. Yeah. Um, two, it is not a two-hour session where guys are held hostage to an exhausting, non-productive conversation. Yeah. And all the men said, "Amen." Uh huh. Um, I define this because as women, we can tend to expect this type of interaction, believing it leads to emotional connectedness. I've had to learn to edit, reduce, or bring to a one big idea thought of how I'm feeling versus a rant of all kinds of craziness. So being an emotional mess daily with your husband will not produce emotional intimacy, much less a husband who's eager to re-engage in into this quote unquote emotional intimacy moment. So commercial break. Thank you, James, for enduring (laughs) for all your fair share of those emotional messes over the years. They happen from time to time and they still happen, um, but they're more of a snapshot than a movie picture of our relationship. Emotional availability, bottom line, is taking time to be present daily and intentionally staying engaged with one another. James, you and I, we've mentioned this in our Espousing podcast multiple times, but there are kind of two spaces in a day that I know I can process with you what's going on in my heart, what's going on in my life, and that you're going to be present and I'm not dumping on you. And they're not really long minutes, actually. In the morning, I always talk about, well, my minutes, I want my minutes. Sometimes if I'm stewing on something from the day before that I'm really wrestling with, I give time and thought to articulate exactly how I feel about it. And I know I can talk to him about that in the morning. And I'm going to be a little less emotional about it. And then sometimes we have at the end of the day, we may go, oh, do you want to grab a cup of coffee before we do dinner? And honestly, this time for me, I feel heard by you. Mm-hmm. 
we're not solving anything. I'm not expecting you to solve anything, but I'm, I feel like you're, you're hearing me. You're not on your phone. You're totally engaged. And so anyway, the second part is as husbands, if you would validate why they feel the way they feel. That doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent truth or accurate. Right. It's like our friend Ted Lowe talks about in his book, Us in Mind, Choosing Empathy. That statement, if I were you, I would feel that way too. Right. That doesn't mean that's the facts and you should feel that. No, it's just saying, I get it. If I were you, I'd feel that way too. Wives, I don't know about you, but my perspective and my emotions are not always accurate. And so later, after I've processed that with you, James, you just being present and saying, gosh, if I were you, I'd feel that way too. It helps me just process things that sometimes everything that I believe to be true isn't true. So I think sometimes I wonder if men feel like if I agree that she should feel that way, that I'm agreeing that that's accurate. Do you think that, does this make sense to you? Yeah, I think it's totally true. And I think that whole idea of stepping into empathy again is, is powerful. And it doesn't mean that you have to agree with how they're feeling. It just means that you can put yourself in their shoes and knowing how your spouse is wired, you can say, if I were you, I could definitely see how that would make me upset or how that would make me feel that way. It doesn't mean that I'm going to feel that way. It just means that at least I can see how that, if I were you, I could see how that would upset you. I have an example, and this is this really is so benign, but it's going to be great. Okay. Is the stovetop when it's clean and it's just been cleaned and it's really clean. Mm-hmm. And then someone comes and cooks eggs on it and like has mess all over it. And then they may not clean it up. Then I'm like, I get in a place. I'm like, yeah. ah. Why do they? Why does this always happen? And you're like Lisa. I was the one who made eggs, and, and I could like, see that if I were you, why I, that would upset you. Yes, because you're not me, but I am very particular, and so you're not that particular. That's true. Thing. So see there, you you. That's how you show empathy. Yeah, that's really great. I think I think on the husband side, and you know, I had to give some thought to this, but I think one of the things that comes to mind is that husbands can at times feel like one of the priorities on a list of priorities, but not the top priority for their right. life. Different seasons, I think, maybe when young kids or the wife is in her career or whatever. I've talked to husbands who feel like just sometimes disconnected from their spouse because they feel like their spouse doesn't have the energy or the time that they used to. One of the the things is husbands experience love through feeling respected by their wives. And if there are times when the guy feels like he's the last thought or leftover with time or with energy, he can feel very disrespected. And I think that's probably one place that I would just say if wives could understand that your husband wants to be your number one priority. doesn't mean that it's not an egotistical thing of like everything revolves around them, Mm -hmm. but an investment of time and energy that your husband would get the lion's share of the time over your kid's career, et cetera. Yeah, I agree. That makes with that. sense. Yes. So in early years, we used to use raising kids God's way, and they would talk about there would be couch time. Couch time is with husband and wife, and kids aren't there or part of that because it's going, we're setting our time apart. And we practiced that then, and we really yeah. carved out time. I do feel like 30 years later, it does replace with different things. A lot of things emotionally drain me, and my emotions may be exhausted by the time I get home. And I really don't have a lot left over for you. So I think it is about being intentional. So I received that. I think that's very good. Well, I wasn't talking about you. The question was about husbands and wives, but... But no, 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 no. I think, well, I think in emotional connectedness, you've had to work on that. Yeah. And I I think, so I think these are fair answers is all I'm trying to say. It's a fair answer. Yeah. 
Okay, James, we're going to make a hard turn. Okay, let's do that. I love this Would You Rather. I, I selected three that I feel like are going to be indicative of my personality. Okay, so this has nothing to do with marriage. This just has to do with you and I. Just fun. Just fun stuff. Fun, so silly we'll stuff. alternate back and forth. Okay, you go first since I've been going first this whole time. Okay, so to close this out, would you rather have BO and not know it or always smell BO in everyone else? Body odor, that is. Yeah, I would rather... Gosh, the two in me, I can't. I would rather smell BO and everyone else oh, than... Yeah, that, that'd than, probably be... Yeah, because I, w- I wouldn't want to... Yeah. Okay, how about yeah. you? Okay, would you rather be in jail for five years or in a coma for a decade? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a hard one. See, I go, to the, I go to the deep end of the pool. I'm just like, go, I'm circling the drain. Okay. So. Uh, I think I'd have to choose a coma for a decade because at least I wouldn't know what's going on. That's right. Good, good choice. All okay. right, I'm ready. Would you rather have a pause or a rewind button in your life? Rewind all day long. Rewind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would too. I make a lot of stupid mistakes. Go back I and redo them. I say a lot of crazy things. Would you rather swim in a pool full of Nutella or in a pool full of maple syrup? Gosh. <laughs> Who even comes up with these? Um, I feel like I know what you're going to say. I'll be honest. I won't lie if you don't say what I think you're going to say. I would say probably maple syrup. That's what I was going to say. Why, why did you say maple syrup? Well... I know you like Nutella, but I think I think you like maple syrup more, and I think you could swim through maple syrup. <laughs> yeah, Nutella's kind of thick. Yeah. Okay, last one for you. Would you rather get a paper cut every time you turn a page or bite your tongue every time you eat? Oh my goodness, paper cut. Really? Yes, I don't read that many books, and I, I, I do bite my tongue often, and it's not fun. That's crazy. Well, that was just a little fun there, though. Oh, I have one last one. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah, okay. I had three, you had three, seven. Would you rather wear the same socks for a month or the same underwear for a week? <laughs> oh, man. A pa- the same socks for a month. And I'm assuming, yeah, we're not washing these, so... Because it doesn't say that, doesn't clarify that. But would you rather wear the same socks for a month or the same underwear for a week? I would have to say the same socks. Yeah, because don't you don't have to tell me. Okay. Yeah, they get a little crusty, but... Oh, gross. That would be... I would choose the same thing, and that's what I thought you would say. That's right. We hope you have found some of this helpful, if not all of it, it all the way to the bitter end. As we end this season and seeing that this is Thanksgiving, we want you to know how grateful we are that you listen to the podcast each week. Our hope is that it is helping you and your spouse find some hope and strengthen your marriage as you continue to create your own masterpiece in your marriage. Yeah, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving. We love to hear your thoughts and answer questions you have about what we shared, not about the socks or the underwear. <laughs> uh, you can email us at hello at artespousing.com or you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at artespousing. Remember to subscribe to our monthly newsletter. You can sign up with a link in the show notes or you can email us at hello artespousing.com. Just say sign me up and I'll take care of the rest. We will be posting updates and some videos during the break. So keep an eye out for us. We'll be back on January 9th with season three. We're so excited about it. We hope you have a great holiday season and we will see you next time on the Artist Spousing Podcast. Until then, bye-bye.